0: everybody, and this is Dishing with Stephanie's Dish, where we talk to my friends that are doing stuff in the food world and just trying to get through what recently has been a pretty intense coronavirus situation as we're getting into, I think, week number eight. I'm here with Bradley Trainer from My Talk 107. One's Colleen and Bradley show, The Cobra. Hi, Bradley.
1: Good morning, Stephanie.
0: Okay. I have always been a big fan of yours, as you know, but... Oh more mutual yes thank you we both have the love of food and maybe the obsession of food and then the restricting of food
1: yep (laughs) all of the above um it's a roller coaster
0: it is bradley can we talk just for one second i don't think i've ever really asked you were you an overweight child because you have a very regimented fitness routine, and you are extremely fit right now, but I feel like it comes from a place of real hard work.
1: Wow. Go right to the jugular step. Just wondering. (laughs) No, I, I mean, I would say like I struggled with my, um, my weight on and off as a kid. It was very sort of cyclical. Like my relationship with food was definitely, um, effed up from a very early age in terms of like food was like a comfort. Mm -hmm. Um, And then sometimes, you know, uh, I would like go up and then sometimes go down. And then throughout my life, I've certainly struggled with weight. I think that the fitness um, regimen and stuff came about for two reasons. One is I got sober and so I learned how to like do stuff over and over again. Yep. You know, instead of just, like, doing it once and then never doing it again. And
0: wondering why and then...
1: it wasn't working. <laughs> exactly. So that taught me how to do um, things over and over again. And um, and then while when I first got sober, like, I didn't worry about the food that I ate, so I gained a ton of weight. And so it was sort of a response to, you know, both of those things. Then I, I just started going to the gym and working out, and, you know, habits are good, and then Um, plus it, you know, again, I have a little bit of an addictive personality. So once I start doing something I like, I just want to keep doing it again and again and again.
0: I totally hear myself in those statements. So as we've gotten like, so before when I would go into the radio station and you were on air with me, you would have like an egg, you'd have some turkey, Like you were just a super clean eater. And much to my surprise, as the coronavirus has progressed, I personally have been eating way more bread because I'm doing a Mm -hmm. lot of baking. And I noticed that you are baking bread. Yep. When When was the last time you'd had bread before this?
1: Well, I mean, like, I would always eat bread. We did. We never kept it in the house. Or I shouldn't say we never. We For probably the last, I don't know, five or six years or so, my partner and I, like, I do all the grocery shopping. And so I would rarely bring bread into the house. I know that sounds weird, but it just was like, okay, here's one thing we don't need to have. Yeah. And, you know, we would go out to dinner and have bread. We would, you know, on the weekends, um, you know hanging out. Like, it's not like we were actively avoiding bread, but I just tried not to keep it around in the house. And, um and I never really baked things either. So, you know, this has found me t- sort of putting everything on its head.
0: You, um because I feel like you got sort of started with the Instant Pot. And then you got the um, com- the fermenting kit, like yep. you are sort of discovering all this stuff and I'm just watching with fascination. So what made you decide to bake bread? Like, did you have yeast? Cause that's the thing that nobody can find. And I'm actually giving a brick away of it today on my Instagram.
1: I know that's so wonderful. Um, little secret. I actually found a brick of yeast somewhere and it's sitting in my, it's sitting in my cabinet because now I'm doing sourdough and I'm like, I don't need that yeast. But okay. I actually, I, that's going to be like a challenge. I think maybe next week is trying to figure out, cause I've honestly, Stephanie, I've never baked like bread before. So I've never used yeast even other than maybe the occasional, like, um, you know, like once I think I tried to make pretzels and then once I've made like a pizza crust, so that was about it. Wow. But, um, but what's interesting is with the sourdough, you know, before all of this happened, um, and by that, I mean, uh, COVID-19. It's weird. I, as a result of, I started doing the fermenting thing first, because, you know, there's like a health component to that. And people talk about all the health benefits you get from, you know, um, fermented foods. And so I was kind of like over there doing a lot of that, like last fall, um, just going to the farmer's market every weekend and finding things to ferment. And then as a result of that, I was watching a bunch of YouTube videos, because that's where I like whenever I want to figure something out, I just run to YouTube and mm-hmm. watch videos over and over again. Um, and probably like a month before all this started, I was watching a bunch of sourdough videos thinking I want to try sourdough bread, but I never did. Cause it seems so daunting, doesn't it?
0: Yes. I've never done it actually. And I'm and, so impressed that you have.
1: Well, and so the, this happened and I thought, well, okay. And then everybody else is doing it. So like, Let's try it. I mean, again, you're literally just starting with flour and water. What could possibly go wrong? Although, once you start, you're like, oh, can I swear on this podcast? You can. (laughs) So, you know, then you're like, oh, shit. Now that I started, how do I actually... Because it is way more involved than I ever realized.
0: Yeah, I just watched or read a tutorial on local Instagrammer who is a friend of mine, Zoe Bakes. And I didn't... I I honestly... Yeah. Okay. She's amazing. I honestly did not know that all the starter was, was flour and water. Like I thought you had to have some magic ingredient that would get it to bubble and ferment. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So... I guess, do you have like tips or tricks or you watch these videos on YouTube and basically you take some kind of flour, they say all-purpose bread flour is probably the worst flour to use because it doesn't have as much uh, natural active things to activate and then you add water and then you feed your yeast on a daily basis until it like quadruples in size. What kind of flour did you start with?
1: So again, I was super lucky because my weird like obsession with trying sourdough started um, while there was still a lot of flour available in the store. And I went to the, um, the co-op Seward co-op and they carry Bakersfield.
0: Yeah. I have that too. Right now in my cupboard unopened.
1: Okay. So I had it sitting in my cupboard for like, or my pantry for like a month, just staring at it. Like, it was willing me to, to try sourdough. (laughs) Well, then all this happened. And I was like, okay, well, we're good on that account. I don't have to worry about going to try to get some kind of wholemeal flour. Um, so I had the rye flour and literally, um, it starts, I, okay. So there are so many, my one tip or piece of advice would be find somebody whose method you will follow, because there are so many different methods that you can do, or at least versions of methods. So that if you pick, um, because there's a lot of steps, right? So you gotta, you got to start your starter. But then once you get your starter going, then you have to, like, make the jump to create a uh, leaven or a sponge, some people call it. And then from that, you have to, like, rest the dough and work the dough and put the dough in, in the fridge, maybe. But, like, find a person who gives you, the, like, their own take from start to finish so that you can just, and then just stick to that. Like as counterintuitive as it might be, or as weird as it might seem, or as like complicated as you think, or like, it's not going to work. Just start, keep going with, you know, that one person's methodology all the way to the end. And then once you've done it, even if it was a huge disaster, then you can start to like figure out why. And then you can maybe go somewhere else and look at what other people are saying and tweak accordingly.
0: Okay, I get that. Is there someone that you recommend to start or to follow?
1: Well, there's two because I just now did not take my own advice. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the first person that I followed actually, she it's because of YouTube. She has a YouTube channel, and she's this wonderful woman down in Texas. Her name is Mary. She it, she has a YouTube channel called Mary's Nest. Okay. And I actually was watching her because of all she does a lot of fermented foods. She's kind of like an old school like hippie fermented foods person. She sounds right up my alley. She has, but she's also like this quaint, charming, like mom, grandma, like (laughs) person. You just want to watch her on the videos, but she has a, um, a method for sourdough. She calls it her foolproof sourdough starter method. And, um, it's very easy. It's like very easy and forgiving. And especially now that we're entering a period of warmer weather, I think it's going to be more forgiving than, and some of the other um, methods out there. So, her, and it's just Mary's Nest, and she has a website, marysnest.com. Okay. Then I also use a lot of advice from Rick Nelson. Did you see his piece in the Star Tribune on um, sourdough starters? No. Okay, I don't know so, how I missed um, that.
0: I'll have to go back.
1: Yeah, just go to like Star Tribune and type in, I don't know, like sourdough starter. Um, Rick did a an interview with. It's a guy from America's Test Kitchen.
0: Yeah, Christopher Kimball.
1: His, uh, it's not that guy, but it's, his uh, Instagram handle is wordloaf. And he, <laughs> he, he has, like, this whole process you can do, which is a whole separate one. And I, it, I found that article to be very helpful in terms of, like, steps and, like, um, advice. And if something goes wrong, I found that to be very helpful. So okay. Those are the two things I've been using.
0: All right, and then you get your bread, and you made it, and your loaf looks amazing. And once you've got your starter, do you then keep feeding it? Like, does it last forever, or do you have to start over?
1: Yeah. So for me, um, I'm still figuring all this out, but I'm at the point now where I just refrigerated. That. So I baked uh, made a loaf, of my second loaf yesterday, and um, you. So you again, you have your starter. And you're feeding your starter. If you're going to be baking bread regularly, you can just leave it out. But then you have to keep feeding it every day. And then you do the discard part where you take some out and then you put some flour and water back in. Um, But then now I'm I'm only going to be making bread like once a week probably. So I'm going to keep now I can put it in the fridge and then you just have to feed it maybe the night before you want to get that bread process started again. So it's pretty it becomes pretty low maintenance is is my point.
0: I just love this. I'm so excited to start it. Outside of just like a boule, which I think is kind of what I saw on your Instagram, what yep. other things would you make with sourdough?
1: I haven't done anything yet, but now I'm excited because once you get like enough, uh, you know, like you, you have enough to discard a fair amount of starter mm-hmm. after a while, and then you can use that to make all sorts of things. And I've just been watching people um post stuff about like you can make sourdough pancakes or you can add it to a cookie recipe or Yum. um you know so that there's really like all sorts of things you can do I'm still in that phase and I don't know if, what kind of baker or recipe follow where you are Stephanie but for me like I'm like using the this simple loaf as my security blanket <laughs> like I don't want to leave it yet I want to just keep making it until it you know until it it gets better and, and then I'm more confident and then maybe I'll branch out into, cause you can do anything with it. Right. So like any bread recipe you can use um, a sourdough starter.
0: Absolutely. With. So you're going to be making baguettes and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I did maybe. a, I did a, um, my first focaccia because I oh, saw,
1: ex- go ahead. Did you make it with yeast?
0: I did make it with yeast and I saw on Instagram these decorated, like, canvases oh, yeah. that looked like gardens. And I was obsessed. So that I it made was so that beautiful.
1: I forgot about it. It's the one you posted on Instagram with all the pretty flowers. Yes. And, and it
0: was really tasty. And it was just my husband liked it. So it was great. I think I would do that again. I find it really interesting that we're going back to some of these, we'll call them like um, home ec projects, the home Mm -hmm. crafts, as it were, with food, with fermenting, with drying things, with cooking. So many people are learning how to cook things they've never cooked before. People are making their own stock. I know you've been a pretty good instant potter. What do you find that you're cooking the most of while you're at home? Because it's just you and Jamie.
1: Yeah. I know you'd think that we had like a family of six with the amount (laughs) of of time that I spend in the kitchen. But you know how that is, right? Like you guys must have leftovers for days.
0: Yes, we do. I still cook like I'm feeding a family of six because I grew up with four kids. And I just always think more is better. I don't know why. It's a little bit of a problem, actually. Um, Yep. But I'm managing it better now because I literally am. I have freezer issues. I always have freezers full of food. Mm -hmm. And I'm literally eating them down. But then like the meat pandemic happens where, you know, oh, we might not have meat. So, of course, I run out and buy a bunch more meat. So it's full again. I don't know. I mean, I think I could literally just be in my house for six months eating out of what I have and be fine.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think we're in the same place. And, in fact, I get weird looks because I do, again, I do the shopping and the cooking. And so every once in a while I get to like, okay, I think we're good on X, Y, Z, because like you said, I'll think, oh God, meat's going to be in short supply. So I'll stock the fridge up or the freezer up. And then it's like, okay, now we got to eat our way through this again. But you know, again, what else are we doing, Stephanie?
0: It's (laughs) a really good question. And you're lucky because you get to go to work.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting, right? Like I, I, it's such a gift to be able to have that level of routine um, that a lot of people don't have right now. So the ability to get out of the house every day and go to a place, the same place, um, even though once you get there, it's weird in the sense that, like, there aren't as many people. Um, it's, kind of, it's much quieter than it used to be. Um, and then we're all in separate studios. So we all have, like, our own distancing measures. Every, uh, I shouldn't say everybody, but a number of people are wearing masks. Um, are you wearing so them on the air? No, no, thank God. Otherwise but, that would be yeah, like crap. Yeah, I
0: was, I was wondering about that. <laughs> and you're all in separate studios. See, Stephanie and I are still in the one studio together. Yeah. We've both been very good about our social distance and we've communicated about, you know, when, like I had to go to the dentist because I had an emergency crown situation. So we had to communicate oh, no. about that, but it requires a lot of trust with your partners.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I, uh, Lori and Julia, they still broadcast from the same studio. And Colleen and I, we started doing it separate because I had, when this all started, I had just come back from a trip to Atlanta. Like I got, I was in Atlanta when everything basically shut down. So, um, you know, out of a, an abundance of uh, caution, I just decided to isolate myself for a period of weeks. And yep. then we're just so used to doing that now. So that's, that's our routine. So it's, but again, it is nice to be able to like, get in my car every day, drive to work, um, and have that more that sense of normalcy.
0: Yeah, because like my husband, is a, he works at home, he's a writer, and he's been observing my work at home habits, which like one day this week went from getting up in my bed, putting my robe on, sitting in a chair, starting to work. And there I sat until 530. I didn't even get dressed. I just worked, 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 worked. worked. And you know, half the work I'm working on isn't even paid work, right? It's just like stuff that you're planning or projects you're thinking about. And he's like, um, I think you need to get some work-life balance. (laughs) (laughs) Cause it's really hard when everything is just all mushed together.
1: Yeah. My partner, Jamie, he, um, he is working from home and he has like this whole office set up in our dining room. And I will frequently be like, okay, it's seven o'clock. And I know you, it's just like it's so easy to go back to work when it, the work is like in the next room. Yes. So you, it, you know, that's one thing I'm grateful I don't have to deal with. Plus, I'm a, I would be like you. I would literally roll out of bed and sit in a chair with my computer for eight hours um, and forget to like eat or go to the yep. bathroom.
0: That's exactly what I do. Like I, I, I actually I don't know if I when I this whole thing started I lost weight. I think I was like the only person that lost oh, yeah. weight.
1: But oh no, yeah.
0: Because I wasn't eating out. And I'm a big person that eats out. So I was eating out four to five days a week when you're all of a sudden eating in. I I wasn't eating breakfast or lunch. I was just sitting in my chair working forever. And then Mm -hmm. I would make like something for dinner, which was usually a protein, some vegetables and maybe a starch like you can control your own portions, your own food. So have you found that you're eating healthier by cooking all your own food?
1: You know, I cooked a lot before, um, we went out probably, you know, a couple times a month, uh, or at least once a weekend or something, but we, we were really good about, um, just being way more careful about like when we splurged now we're like, it's this weird thing, right. Of like, everything's different. You need a little bit of comfort in your life. Um, so I would say we're definitely still eating healthy, but, but, I am not afraid of eating food, if that makes sense. Yes. Like bread. Um, like we, well, we don't do de- like, we're so silly. Like we won't allow ourselves to have dessert during the week, but I've got like dessert planned for the weekend. Right. Cause <laughs> I know, I know we would normally do that. We'd go out to a restaurant and we would definitely have dessert. So it's kind of like, it's kind of been fun to cook things that I don't normally, I wouldn't allow, normally yeah. allow myself.
0: What are you going to make for dessert this weekend?
1: Oh, God, I have stuff for um, we had a listener call in last week with a this like a, apparently killer recipe for chocolate chip cookies. So I somehow snagged a, a bag of semi-sweet chocolate chips. So I think I'm going to try making chocolate chip cookies.
0: OK, I'm going to keep my eye out for you. Have you heard the whole technique of where you smack the pan?
1: No. What is this?
0: OK, this is, I believe... I'm trying to think of it was an Instagram person that first introduced me to this idea. So you take the cookies out of the oven and they're still warm and everything. And you hit the pan on the top of your counter and it like flattens out the cookies and takes the air out, but gives them like a more soft, chewy, dense center. Oh. So I'll send you the link. And yeah, I'll actually put it absolutely. in the show notes here about the smacking of the cookie because this was a thing. Also, this same person put sea salt on the top of her cookies. Does that appeal to uh, you?
1: Okay. Can I give you pro tip for when you get your first loaf of sourdough out of the oven? Yeah. So, obviously, after you let it cool, blah, blah, blah. The first, um, so, like, you're going to slice it and then you're going to put some... Uh, butter on top and then you're gonna do you have any of like finishing salt oh yes okay so then you're gonna uh i was gonna say just go crazy with the finishing salt but whatever you want just put the finishing salt on top it is the most amazing thing ever and then for dessert so we'll usually this is what we do so we'll have one piece with butter and finishing salt and then um dessert is another piece with butter and honey and finishing salt.
0: Yum. That smells so
1: good. the most amazing. Like, we just sit there and stare at each other like, this is (laughs) gum. And so good.
0: (laughs) It's the simple things, right?
1: It really is.
0: I appreciate you talking to me about your bread baking journey. I'm going to keep my eye out for your cookies. Thanks for joining me today, Bradley. It's been great to catch up.
1: Of course. It's so good to see you. I can't talk to you. I can't wait to actually see you again.
0: Yes. And where can people follow you? You're at Bradley Trainer on Instagram, right?
1: Um, Yeah, my Instagram is weird. It's just at Bradley J Trainer. Okay. All
0: right. That's where people I think can find you and they can listen to you, of course, on My Talk 107.1 from noon to three every day. And uh, yeah, thanks for keeping it real over there. I really have enjoyed listening to you guys. It makes it feel like there's something normal that's happening in my day. And I always can count on the crazy stupid idiots in Florida, right?
1: Yes. One thing we've learned is that it doesn't matter whether there's a pandemic or not. There will always be dumb people in Florida
0: doing dumb things,
1: <laughs> doing dumb things. And in fact, maybe there's more. Who knows? Yeah. Well, now it, it's becoming even more clear, I think. Yes.
0: <laughs> I was just sort of hoping that the whole state would crack in half and just sink.
1: <laughs> well, that's... we're going to we're not going to let that happen, mostly because my mother is there. So OK. Let's at least... All right let's let's until she's ready to move on let's, let's, <laughs> let's not
0: let it just sink into the ocean <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all right bradley it was good to talk to you
1: good to talk to you
0: okay bye-bye bye